And do this, this is Romans thirteen eleven. And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day. And put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no provision for the flesh. So that putting on the Lord Jesus is kind of what we were talking about. From, from not yesterday, last Sunday. <laughs> Seth, yeah. Because uh, it's, it's, it's almost like, you know. I mean, how would you describe it somebody put on? Like you put on a jacket. Right? <laughs> you, literally, you make a decision to put on your jacket, right? And you say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put on my jacket. Well, we can put on Christ. Not that he's ever, you know, not there, but it's like, but there's that part that we do to put him on. You know, just like if you're cold, you put on your jacket, you know. If life doesn't seem like it, you need to put on, put on Christ. So that's where... Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, do you, I mean, for God, it's, it's probably as simple and easy. And that is his perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Yet we sometimes complicate yeah. the matter, make it more difficult. <laughs> yeah. But for God, it's like putting on a jacket. And, and what God is saying to us, too, is he wants us to feel the same way. Because that is a reality, you know. And so I was thinking this morning, actually, of Peter, you know, when he was... Uh, in the boat with everybody else, and then, uh, but he he caught a glimpse of what was possible that he could get out of the boat. Like Jesus was there walking on the on the water, which first freaked them out, everybody. But then they realized, okay, wait, this is Jesus. It's not a new age or walking. It's, it's Jesus. He's walking on the water. No, because the, the enemy tries to steal yeah. the spiritual, some spiritual things in the sense of what we can experience and what we shouldn't experience and kind of make it, you know, we have, you have the safe man-made religion and that's normal, that's okay. But as soon as you start mm-hmm. going beyond into the fullness of Christ, I mean... Jesus walking on the water, you know, for example, one of those kind of manifestations of of what sometimes we may need to do, you know, or want to do. Did Peter need to do this, walk on the water? Was it like, was he saving a soul Mm -hmm. because he needed to go across the water and preach the gospel to the other side? Was that the situation? He just wanted to. I think there's something in that too. It's like John 15, if you abide in me, my words abide in you, you know, whatever you desire. Sometimes we're like, okay, is this, is, is the salvation of the soul going to result from this? Or is it, you know, which is a very good, you know, motivation. But I'm saying when we're united with Christ, even our desires. So Peter was there in the boat with everybody else. When I finally came to peace with the fact, hey, this is Jesus, he's walking on the water. And Peter was feeling like, I want to do that too. And there was, that was, that's a good thing to feel, right? 
That's a good position to take. I want to do that too. Jesus is doing it. I want to do that too. You know, why should I be sitting here in a boat when Jesus is walking on the water? Right? So sometimes, you know, life is like that. You know, so um, he, so Jesus, obviously, so Peter said, you know, if, if that's you, I mean, he's already realized it's him, but if that's you, tell me to come and walk on the water. Because all he needed was a word. But there had to be a point. Because, so, Peter needed something. He felt, he knew, he recognized he was incapable in himself to do that. But he needed Jesus. He needed a word from God to say, come. And if he had the word, then he would have the faith. Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word, right? It's... it's being persuaded, this is God's will. This is the way, walking in it. So if the, if God says it, I can believe it and go. Cause, but he couldn't up until that point. But as soon as Jesus said, come, he stepped out of the boat and he walked on the water. And the water was holding him up. However that worked, you know, it's like, it, it, we don't need... You try to rationalize and tell me what was going on. Oh, the molecules of the water, the body vibrated and it made... Who knows? Who cares? <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, we don't need to... All we need to know is Jesus says, come. And because Peter wanted to, that's all. He wanted to walk on the water. He, because he knew it was possible, because Jesus was doing it. But there had to be a disconnect point between the way he was thinking in an earthly manner and the point at which he stepped on the water. There had to be a disengagement of the one and an embracing of the other. And that's the thing. It, that's what's going on there. There wasn't just this continual flow like Peter was like in the zone. And he just started... He, 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 he was in a place of impossibility where, you know... Like that song, you know, you're bigger than I thought. You know, I, he, Peter's in the place of impossibility with doubts. and uh, That's where he was when he said, Jesus, if that's you, you know, if he was, you know, if he under, you know, if he was just there, he would have just gone. You know, but he, need, he knew he needed something more. And that was faith that came by the word of God. And so he, he knew there had to be a change from one second, literally, to the next where he could experience. And that's the reality we live in all the time. From one second to the next, everything can change in one second, in one moment in time. Sometimes we think the qualification is, well, 40 days of fasting and prayer or this and that. You know, but from one second, Peter was in that boat, doubting, needing something more to do what he knew he couldn't do, in his current state. And then Jesus said, come. But he still, even when Jesus said, come, he said, okay, he had to really leave behind now his, his earthly realm thinking to obey that command to come. So, so there had to be that disconnect point where, okay, now is the time. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the time. And so I'm disengaging from the old mindset. I'm just looking unto Jesus and embracing what he said and going forward in a different way than I have before. And um, so when we talk about putting on Christ, you know, to me, that was 
kind of like it showed that there has to be a leaving behind of something. And that's the old way of thinking, you know. So it's not an upgrade. It's like we were speaking about last Sunday, where the, 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 um, the caterpillar, which becomes a butterfly, has two DNA. Science, science here. There's two DNA in there. It's not an upgrade of one. It's a completely different, but they were both there. And so we were talking about that, how, uh, you know, when the caterpillar starts, you know, build, making the cocoon around. So he's operating as a caterpillar according to the caterpillar DNA, you know, the earthbound mm -hmm. DNA. But when that cocoon, cocoon goes around, I was reading a little bit, not a lot, but it, it actually, everything about that caterpillar turns to mush. You ever wonder what happens in, in the cocoon? Everything practically just disintegrates. It just, you know, like the life that is that cocoon just turns to a gooey mush and is gone. And, but there's then what's left is that, that DNA, which, you know, the, the butterfly DNA, which was in there too. Then it kicks in and, I don't know, you know, re grows, it, it starts g gaining a, uh, an expression. It, and so it's literally, um, I, I think a very good picture of the old life, new life in Christ, you know, where the old just needs to turn to mush. It's crucified, you know, and it's not, we're not upgrading our way of thinking. We're accepting and utilizing now a different born-again DNA, spiritual DNA structure, which, which has new information, new encoding, new, uh, new parameters of operation. So that's why the, the carnal, the earthbound mind, the carnal mind, Romans 8 says, will never um, be at peace with the walk of faith and God's heavenly paradigm because it's it, it's a different dna you can't make peace you can't bridge the two they're they're separate and so that's why we you know we just need to um, set aside the the old in order to see what jesus has said and what he is saying and walk by that faith that he has given which is based on what he has said you tell me Come, I will come. Well, he says, go and do this. All authority has been given to me on heaven, in heaven and on earth. You go, therefore. In other words, in my authority, based on my words, based on what I'm telling you to do, and proclaim the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, whatever needs to be done. Go around doing good, healing all who are oppressed to the enemy. Recover your sight to the blind. Just uh, whatever it is. But it's, I, I think the point I just wanted to bring out here was that, um, hello, come back. Was, um, let me just click back here. Was that there, there's a disconnect point. Between earthbound thinking, and that's old. You, you, we just have to set it aside. 
and a point where we embrace what God is saying. And that what God is saying is the heavenly DNA uh, information being shared with us and how we operate by it. And so we just need to actually choose to ignore the other and operate by that heavenly DNA. Because, you know, just like the caterpillar, that the old needs to turn to... it, the, the old DNA needs to come to an end. Yeah. And the physical manifestation of that too. So we're crucified with Christ. It's like the caterpillar turning to mush inside the cocoon. It's like, it ain't going to function anymore. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> mush doesn't function. <laughs> it just doesn't. And so now, the only life there really is, is that, that butterfly, that DNA, which is not earthbound. And so now that, it, it sends all the signals. And so, so when we just attune ourselves to God's signals, and we ignore, we don't give any place to, to the flesh, the earthbound um, DNA thinking, then, then we start to, to um, experience, you know, what God has for us. Um. Even for, I mean, a caterpillar can only go very slowly <coughs> on the ground, yeah. grovel in the dirt. And yeah. As you say, very earthbound, but a mm. butterfly. Yeah. God is with the wind wind. Yeah, it's a totally different experience, yeah. isn't it? It's like, it's not, it has. It yeah. even eats different food. Yeah, I mean, it's just a different creature. So now you are a new creation, mm-hmm. one that has never existed before that's all inherent there in the word yeah. born again like never so we cannot think we cannot use the same in- information and think that same earthbound way and expect to achieve heavenly re- results mm-hmm. of what Jesus promised it doesn't work you can try to convince yourself but as long as it's operating from the old nature the that dna encoding it's it, it, it's not the right wavelength. And so the, the wavelength of God is the new creation, born of the Spirit, and what He has said, His promises. And so we... His Word. Yeah, like looking Paul says, to Jesus. In, in Romans 12, be mm-hmm. transformed mm-hmm. by the renewing of your mind. Yeah, yeah. So we, because our heart, the connection point to the spirit, but it's the soul, but it's the connection point to the spirit. So it's that point of the spirit that influences, you know, our life. Um, So before it was taking instructions from the old nature, the old DNA. So that's the thing, the heart, with the heart we believe. So it is switching over now to the new encoding. And just like, you know, when when you have a habit, and you're used to something, you don't even need to think about it anymore. You just, when you drive to wherever you go regularly, you know, you, you'll end up there, even when you're not thinking about it. Yes. And, you know, you can, and, you know, like people experience, oh, today I need to go there. But, and so they start going there, but then if they don't keep thinking, sometimes, you know, they start thinking about something else, and then they'll end up in the other place because, because you're so used to it. It's like, ingrained in your way of thinking. So that way of thinking is what needs to change. And that comes from uh, just taking the signals from the new DNA and, and walking on that path till that pathway is born. And then uh, until it's, you know, even 
even in scientists, they say, you know, it takes three weeks to form a new habit or something like that, or, you know, something like that. But, so there is the doing. That's why faith is always connected to what we do, uh, because it's, it's revealed that way, if it's true faith. There will be what we do. But just like a baby may fall down a, a bunch of times before it actually learns to walk and run, but it's wearing a pathway and it's, it's, it's going there. You know what I mean? And it's learning how in the process. Um, it's interesting. The um, <coughs> promise um, I was looking to in, um, you know, read about the promised land uh, where Moses was leading the children of Israel into. And it's interesting that you would think, I mean, why did they have to fight to go into the promised land? <laughs> why didn't God just, didn't God just snap his fingers and, you know, right before they walked in and just zap all the, the these giants and take them out, you know, and just, why? But they had to fight. And actually, before that, they had to deal with the emotions of seeing the giants. <laughs> you know, they had to... They had to, you know, they sent the spies in into this promised land. God, I mean, my goodness, God led them out by miracles from Egypt, all this stuff. So they, they saw God. Okay, so the ten spies go, they come back, and the majority, they're like, yeah, the land is awesome, but uh, we're like little dudes compared to these giants in there. We can't do this, you know. But, you know, the, but Joshua and Caleb, they were like, no. God is with us. We can't look at, at that. And so, but it's interesting. God didn't just kill all the giants before they went in there. They had to do it. There was, there's all, there's, there's always that roll ye away the stone. You know what I mean? In front of Lazarus's tomb. It's like with the when the butterflies, butter, when time comes for the butterfly to go out of the cocoon. So he struggles, struggles to strengthen its wings mm. because if if you help it and and open the cocoon up, then the butterfly, the, the wings are not strong. Yeah, that, enough. isn't it like some so, sort of oils aren't pressed some, into the wings like this, or something yeah, like that? So yeah. Like yeah. So this. so if you help too much, that's a bad thing. Mm. Like a child I learning to do something, <laughs> like a child. If you help him too much, beyond what you should, he's not going to grow. He's not going to get the strength. So sometimes you, you know, you don't. You 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 you've given all the what's necessary, but then okay, now you need to do it. You know what I mean? The chick coming out of the egg. Another illustration. Same thing. You know, it's like uh, there's something that happens when in that process of coming out that gives them what they need to survive and to be strong. Um, but the, so yeah, go, so going into the promised land, it, they had to disconnect, which they didn't do. I mean, except for, for Joshua and Caleb, they, they did. They believed God, so there was a disconnect, there, there was a leaving behind of the earth, earthly thinking, you know, of impossibilities, right? Okay, they're giants, we're not giants, two plus two equals four, they can kick our butt. Right? That, that's earthbound thinking, right? <laughs> that, that, how can you think any different and be logical? Well, 
No, that's true. Logical and whatever, whatever. That's that's right. But God, <laughs> you know, I mean, but God is with us. So, like David, who is this uncircumcised Philistine giant? You know, saying all these things. He lived. He was a worshiper. He was always, you know, hanging out with the Lord, and 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 so he had learned. He he had a different way of thinking, where God was part of the equation. Where God was the equation, <laughs> you know, and therefore, just like the lion and the bear, so will this giant be. So to go into the promised land, and all the ways that needs to be for us, all the promises of God, whether we're talking about whatever we're talking about, you know, things that needs to happen in our life, and the promises of God, and, and it can seem whatever, whatever. It's the same thing. Jesus gave us everything for life, for godliness, Second Peter chapter 1. Everything that we need, he's given. Now he's sitting down, chilling with the Father <laughs> at the right hand of God, you know, waiting for his enemies to be made a footstool. So now it's, now it's about that born-again DNA connected to the Father, who we are, and we need to take our marching orders and attune our ear only to that frequency. It's not about convince, it's, it's about who we are. The DNA, born again, spiritual DNA, we're children of God, who we are, and we, to grow up strong, you have to listen to the one who created us that way, you know? It's like, he, the, the creator knows, I mean, if you want your, I don't know, complicated machine fix, whatever it is, the best place to to tell you how to run it is the ones who created it, right? I mean, how much more our Heavenly Father? So he's, he's, every word of his, it's like, we must live by every word, you know, like Jesus said, and not allow the the, the old earthbound thinking DNA to, to send its code anymore, you know? So we just make that decision to, to, to listen to, um, you know, what God has said. And then he gives us what, we, then everything, so everything that he's given us is already there. And then it begins to work. So it's not that we got something new. It's, it's as a new creation, it's all there mm -hmm. in, the, in, in God's creation, in the seed of his word, in, in who he's made, our very identity, who he's made us to be. It's all there, but it becomes activated and set in motion when we are actually uh, flowing with the instructions that he's sending, you know, through his word and, and walking with him in spirit. It's interesting. Uh, the sword of the spirit, which is what? So what is the sword of the spirit, first of all? The word of God. The word of God. In Ephesians 6, it's pictured as a sword. What do you do with a sword? Kill. Kill. <laughs> oh, it's not just this pretty little seed. It's also a sword. Yeah, so, so a sword is pretty much for one thing. Killing stuff that shouldn't be living. Giants in that promised land, 
who are trying to keep you from entering into what God has provided. Said, this is your inheritance, not theirs. These half-breed giants, the seed of the enemy, they're trying to take over and to and God, David, a man after God's own heart, was sent to eliminate them all, to, to take out the seed of uh, these half-breeds in Genesis 6. So that's what's going on there. Why kill all the da 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 the problem? Well, because that's what was going on. So, so that they're these giants, strongholds, you know, also. Um, what's a stronghold? What's a verse you can think of? Strongholds, the one I'm thinking of. The word of God is for putting down strongholds. Yeah. So, and how does it say we do that? Casting down what? Imaginations. Imaginations. Uh, there's, there's a lot in that word there. Imaginations, thoughts. It is a... First of all, what, what does a stronghold do? Protects, what does that mean? It protects... The, it protects itself, right? It, it's something set up, it's protecting something, it's reinforcing its position wherever it is. So if, if there's a stronghold in our way of thinking, that means something is there protecting its territory yeah. and it's either from God or it's not. Yeah. And what's not from God protecting its territory, well guess who's, guess who's sending the armaments to and the reinforcements if it's not from God who's sending the the reinforcements and the bullets and the whatever you know for that stronghold to be protected the enemy he's sending thoughts he's sending experiences he's sending things to reinforce that stronghold which he has managed to develop over time over experiences over all of that stuff. Anything that's not according to God's plan and will. So the sword of the brain. No? It's not the sword of the brain? No, it's not the sword of the brain. <laughs> it's the sword of the spirit. So what does that tell us? I mean, I'm just going through it now with you. So that, what do you think? I mean, what the sword of the spirit. So what does that tell us? That it's not the sword of the brain. So how it's utilized differently than if it was the sword of the brain versus the sword of the spirit. How would it be utilized differently? The word of God. It's not just a mental game. It's not just, a, you know, telling ourselves a story. You know, we should we should incorporate all of our faculties, including our mind. Uh, uh, you know, so I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. But what I'm saying, that there's more to it. That's what I'm saying. It, because it's the sword of the Spirit. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, By grace you're saved through faith. And that's not of yourselves, lest anyone should be able to boast. So it is a work of the Spirit. It is having the garden, the soil of our heart ready to receive the seed of the Word, like the parable of the sower, through which we understand all other parables, that parable. So we prepare the soil of our heart. 
we have it ready. It's a, that's a believing heart, a looking unto Jesus' heart, a trusting in God heart. So the, 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 the garden, the soil is ready. So as soon as that seed that we, the word of God that we, that we read or the spirit drops in, I mean, to drop in the spirit does that, even if we're reading it. It's a spiritual reality of God's word putting in our heart. But then the spirit utilizes that. So, in other words, we get into being led by the Spirit, right? So, it's, it's not, so we, we turn ourselves in to God and said, I'm just following you, right? I'm not just going to run around. And, I, you lead, I, you're the one I'm looking to, and I'm, they that wait on the Lord will renew their strength, because true strength is being led by the Spirit, not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. So we have to turn ourselves into God and say, I'm sorry. I just I want to be your prisoner. The the word where you know the the love slave, the 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 slaves who are now free but they choose the bond servants. Yeah. They choose to take their ear to the door in the Old Testament and then because they love their master so much that they 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 receive that earring to uh, just say I am part of your household from here on out. I don't want to be somewhere else. I don't want to be free to do something else because your ways are, <laughs> you know, the best and I just want to stay right here. So that's the word used when uh, servant of Christ where we are. We turn ourselves into God and we just, you know, we just say we're going to walk on that narrow pathway now. We're not going to walk somewhere else. So, so the sword of the Spirit. So that sword really finds its traction. That's not the right word because it's through the air, but anyway. It finds its power and its efficacy, its, its, its um, effectiveness when being wielded by the Spirit. And so, not by my number of power, but by my Spirit. So as we just seek to be led by the Lord, you know, as we seek to be... Um, you know, as we're acknowledging him in all our ways, then he directs our paths. And then what we do, we can do it in full confidence. Therefore, we come boldly before the throne of grace to find uh, help in time of need. So, um, it's, so it's the sword of the spirit. It's not the sword of the mind. So no, we can, the carnal mind cannot just use God like a genie in a bottle or whatever. It's, it's we turn ourselves in and we, we follow him to establish his will. So we're doing his, we're going about our father's business, doing his will. And, and uh, all of those things that Jesus was revealing to us, that's how he did it. Doesn't do anything but what he, he saw his father do. And his will is right there in his word as we live it out, as we... Um, so yeah, so just that, let's remember it's a sword of the spirit. That sword of the spirits for killing stuff. Those giants... <laughs> The strongholds that are keeping, that want to keep us out of the promised land of experiencing. I mean, that's our birthright. The promised land is our birthright. It's, it's by virtue of who we are. Not by working for Jesus paid the price. We're qualified through Christ. Ours, we're in the promised land. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. We, it's established. It's done. But the enemy... And the giants working through the strongholds that they try to set up in our way of thinking, they attempt to constantly keep us out of experiencing what is ours already. Yeah. And that's the thing. So the sword of the Spirit, it's for killing those 
strongholds, casting down. Oh yeah, and that word imagination and way of thinking, it's, it's actually, somewhere I can't remember where, but it's like it's a place where things are born. Like it's it's a, it provides a place for something to have life, yeah. where uh, whatever it is, you know, for good or bad, whatever it it it, it provides that ability to, you know, replicate and strengthen. I mean, a stronghold is always wanting to get stronger, you know, and so it's what we feed it. It's what we uh, or don't feed. It. It's like you know when you're laying siege. No. When you're laying, when an army laid siege, an enemy army lays siege to another, you know, one of the tactics is to cut them off from their supplies, right? They just cut them off and don't let any food, water, anything come through. And eventually, you know, it's, they, they starve, you know, and, and that's it. So it's like, we need to starve those old strongholds by not feeding it, not sending it any supplies. Not giving at the time of day, not giving the um, the the thoughts and the things that it feeds on. You know, the the enemy is trying to inject the supplies for that yeah. old stronghold. Mm-hmm. That's why we bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Say, wait a minute, no, 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 that's not that's that's not from God. So we just we don't allow it through, and that old nature just is getting weaker and weaker and weaker because it's not getting its supplies. It's not getting its reinforcements to to enforce its stronghold position. And so it, it, it and we start living by the spirit because we just attune ourselves to the new born again spiritual DNA and, and we're just feeding that one. And we're acting according to that one. We're making choices according to that one. And it you know, in that process, like a baby, it doesn't matter, you know, the experiences we have along the way. That's not the thing. The thing is, where are we fixed upon? Yeah. You know, and we, there's a, there's a learning process in there and everything, but it's one moment to the next. Just like Peter in the boat, there had to be a point where he left behind the earthly, earthbound way of thinking. And where he just took action um, on what Jesus said. And so there's that, there's no overlap. That's what I'm trying to say. There's no overlap. It's not an upgrade. It's a, it's a different set of DNAs sending the instructions that we attune ourselves to. And so, so, yeah, it doesn't matter what we see, doesn't matter what we've experienced, doesn't matter this and that. We just keep looking unto Jesus and we keep uh, operating by that DNA. We're wearing the pathway and, and it becomes easier with every because the path of the grass becomes a pathway and it becomes easier then you can ride a motorbike through it and then you can ride a heavy vehicle through it in the spirit I'm saying it's like a pathway gets formed and you can just come through there whereas before you had to really work to chop and it seemed difficult and it, you know but it, it doesn't have to be because God it's, it's putting on Christ but the fact is the more that we do that the easier it becomes until the point where we just live there Say, you know what, this is such a good place. I don't want to leave. I don't want to visit <laughs> this place once a week. I, I want to stay and I'm going to live by every word that you say, Jesus. I want to live by every inclination of the Spirit that you send my way, Holy Spirit. And I'm going to acknowledge you in all my ways. And I'm just going to stay there. And it doesn't matter ever what I experience. 
because the problem is not what we've experienced, it's what we think about what we've experienced and what we allow ourselves to speak, to think about past events and what we've experienced. What conclusions do we draw by those past experiences? <laughs> That's the, you see, then, do we allow the old nature to dictate and to set, oh, you see, you and here you go. Or do we allow the new nature to frame those past experiences? Oh, as a newborn babe growing up in him, yeah, a newborn babe, they bang their knees sometimes, but they get up and they keep going until, and soon they're walking, they're running, they're jumping. You know what I'm saying? So we don't go by the past experience. We go, we let the Lord frame our past experiences and tell us what to think about them. Because we see Jesus and we keep going forward. Okay, so, yeah, just remember that Ephesians 6, we have the sword of the Spirit, and so the Spirit needs to wield it. We need to be, um, we need to be uh, waiting on the Lord, acknowledging Him, so it's, it's a, that's the co-laboring. That's the rest of faith. We don't do anything. I mean, we don't we don't do it unless we understand and uh, we're in alignment with God and His purposes. Otherwise, don't do it. You know, but but if you're going to do it, you're doing it because this is what God wants you to be doing. Because you're acknowledging Him in your heart, and and you 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 have that confirmation in your spirit this is the way walking in it and so we see that in the word but then there's that agreement of the spirit and then and then we go into there with the full armor of god and the one offensive weapon we have the sword of the spirit which will be wielded and is it's very that very purpose of the sword is to to take out those giants keeping you out of the promised land to take out those strongholds and um, yeah hmm. it's interesting too that casting down imagination so we the Lord can sanctify our imagination you know and it is sanctified whatever thoughts we have are sanctified and the spirits involved in them right so we can actually you know Faith sees things, right? Faith sees the invisible, believes the impossible. I don't know, somebody must have said that or something somewhere. <laughs> it's like, sees, you know, God calling things are not as though they are, and then they become. What's going on there? I mean, God saw the world in his heart before he created it, and then he spoke it. And that, that allowed everything to come together and form. In a, in a in an experience, and so so faith, you know, causes us to see things, and so imagination, you know, it's not just this is one of those things that you know, uh, the enemy and the new they, they try to say, oh, you know, now you're getting into a little bit ooh, mystical, but the fact is that dream with God. What are you doing when you're dreaming? Do you have God dreams? Is that imagination? Is that real? Is that dream? Well, you're dreaming. Okay, well, however you want to look at it. But it's like we can carry that into 
you know, we, it's just by virtue of who we are and our connection with him, he wants to give us visions as we're doing life, you know, in, not in the dream state, but in the, you know, awakened state, whatever you want to say. So he doesn't, the one who gives us all these things isn't, he's always there, you know. And so as we attune our heart to take its marching orders all the time from him, then we're in that place where he can do that, you know, where he can show us things, he can help us see things, and even we can find ourselves imagining. You can imagine just, you know, you know, Psalm 23, uh, um, you know, I'm, you lead me beside uh, the still waters and the green pastures and, and all of that. You can, you can just take a, you can allow this Holy Spirit to, to just, carry you into a place where you're seeing things you know and uh but this but again this is not just the mental thing this is sort of the spirit so i'm talking about waiting on the lord i'm talking about just allowing the holy spirit to just lead even when we're praying you can let the holy spirit we can let the holy spirit lead us in our imagination we can let the holy spirit lead us and fill that and take us to a place even in our sanctified imagination. Sanctified meaning set apart unto God, so it becomes holy, and it becomes filled with God's, you know, truth. And, and so, but we can actually um, just allow, we can uh, allow our heart to be positioned in that place where um, where the the earthbound nature and mind is so far starved out because of, we're waging war against it, so we starve it out, you know, we, we put that barricade, it doesn't get any nourishment, the strongholds are so weakened, and everything becomes so weakened that it loses its ability to hold us down in the place that it was holding us. And all of a sudden we feel the freedom to put on Christ. You know, where we actually, just by faith, being persuaded that we can, of God, we just step back into the bubble of Christ mm -hmm. and that's relational, that is yield, that is just being there in the zone with him where nothing penetrates that, that is of the enemy. All the fiery darts are put out automatically because faith encapsulates that place, uh, that secret place where we are with him, and um, so we can just be there and, and do life with Jesus in that place where we have put on Christ, and we're like, and, it, and we realize it's not about our strivings, it's about who we are. We've entered into our true identity, and we're now thinking according to our true identity, a child of God, seated with Christ in the heavenly realms, led by the Spirit. And we just, and it's that Hebrews 4 rests where we don't, we're not striving anymore to get there. We've acknowledged the Lord and what he's done and the power of his blood and his body broken on our behalf. And we've just laid everything down and we say, yeah, uh, I'm just going to live with you in this place. Jesus, I'm, I'm putting on Christ. I'm making the decision in my heart to just abide in you. And then, and then it's like, um, 
you start thinking of things, the Holy Spirit will remind you of people to pray for, and, just, and, and it's all happening by the Spirit now. Instead of, what's the formula? Who, what should I? And just the Holy Spirit is in control, leading, guiding, and providing the framework and the way of thinking that needs to support all that God wants to do um, for us, in us, through us. And, uh, yeah. So let's put on Christ. And I was also getting, while you were talking about putting on Christ, I was getting putting on your cloak of righteousness. Mm-hmm. So um, sometimes, you know, there are very few people that actually understand what that righteousness is all mm-hmm. about. Yeah. And sometimes we think it's by all the works and this and that and we need to do it. But yeah. it's that we are already in right standing with mm-hmm. God because of his grace through faith yeah. and yeah I, I was just getting that as well and saying okay you know sometimes the enemy can also come and say no but you're not equipped enough you're not mm. doing enough and you're not doing mm. this and you're not doing that yeah. and then that's the other imagination that he gives you and then mm. you, you feel that you're not equipped and not righteous enough yeah. to do things. yeah that's another stronghold that needs to come down Because Romans 10 says those who seek to establish their own righteousness by their own works are missing the righteousness which is by faith. So Romans 10 speaks exactly to that. Because it's so important because we will never be good enough as far as our works are concerned to deserve, well, anything. (laughs) So Jesus... God in his infinite mercy and grace stepped into the equation and did what we failed to do and now we live by that faith in what God has applied including his righteousness. 1 Corinthians 1, 31, I think it is. He has, it says, Jesus has become to us righteousness. Uh, I read it. I'm gonna, sanctification. What else is in that list? There's a few things I think he mentions there. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 31. 30, not 31, okay. So, but of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. So what's the formula? Abide in Christ. Put on Christ. And that comes from acknowledging every good and perfect gift and everything he's... He's done in us, for us, by virtue of being born again, forgiving of sins, righteousness, faith. Just, you know, it's, it's not about the dying, it's about the living in Christ. The, the, being crucified with Christ is, we must acknowledge that. We must go, but it's, it's to get us to the point where we're living and abiding in Christ, qualified by His blood alone, Trusting in his blood alone, by his wounds, everything. It's by him, in him, for him. He's gathering all things unto him and coming back to him so he can get all glory, all praise. And um, another, but that in Exodus where they were going into the promised land, God gave them warnings. He said, all right, when you guys get in there and stuff, and when you start encountering, you are to kill with a sword all of those 
you are not to make peace with, you are not to um, compromise with taking, learning their ways yeah. and stuff like that. Those ways are of the seed of Satan. You need to eliminate. There is no peace with that. There is no overlap. You must eliminate every enemy and, uh, and all of their ways. You do not give any place to any of their ways, their beliefs, their anything. And so, you know, that's part of establishing the righteousness of God in the sense of we're doing it His way. Um, and, it's, and it's by faith. His command, it's what we do. We eliminate what should be eliminated. We take down the strong, and we just, we're living, you know, by His um, instructions and His heart and His presence, His faces. He says, my presence will go with you. That's, again, the word face, faces, His many faces, His many attributes. He said, no one can see my face and live. Why? Because it would just be too much. All of the many faces, all of the many aspects of God would just be overload for a fallen human body to, to be able to sustain. And But I'll just read that because in, in uh, Exodus 34, but it just says, the only thing, it was interesting when Moses said, who do I say will send me? I am. I am sent. What does that mean? Whoa. What kind of name is that? I mean, I am. In other words, he is so beyond anything else that there's nothing to compare it to. That's what that means. <laughs> he is so powerful, omniscient, omnipotent. You, that there are no, you cannot, the closest we have, the closest we have, and I'll read it in, in Exodus 34, when Moses was saying, because um, Moses was uh, understanding that God was a little perturbed with uh, the people of Israel because they, here he is descending on the mountain wanting to meet with them and they're like hanging back, first of all. And second of all, then Moses goes up, he comes back and they made this golden calf. Here's your God that led you out of Egypt, Really? You know, and Moses broke the stone. You know, so there's this, um, God is, Moses is picking up that God's going to, you know, kind of deal with the situation. And he's like, no, if you don't go with us, if you, you know, he, he was, um, he was really standing in the gap is what he was doing. And um, so God said, okay, I'm going to send my angel with you. Um I think he said something about like, because if I go with you, I'm just you're not going to make it. <laughs> something like that, if I remember correctly. Uh, but he said, "My presence, my faces." It's the word where he said, "My presence." It's panim, which is in the plural, but it's always used in the singular. So it's kind of a singular plural. The many faces of God, the many attributes, the many aspects, and so he said, "My presence will go with you." The presence of God is is his different aspects that we are encountering, but Again, the fullness of our Father would just, he, he can't, you know. So he wouldn't be able to, so no one could see his face and live. But Moses said, um, please, if your um, you know, presence doesn't go with us, then we don't want to move from here. 
And he said, uh, God said, okay. And then Moses said, wait, before I get to that. Oh yeah, here it is. Um, Moses was asking to know his ways. Moses wanted to, to understand the ways of God, the heart of God, to understand more than just seeing his effect. So Moses was, and then he said, show me your glory, which is the kabod of God, the weightiness. Um, it's like in the universe there are um, things that look black, but it's not because it's a hole or there's nothing dense, but it, I mean, but it's something so dense, so much material in one place that it just draws everything in that comes light, that, that comes near it. And so, so sometimes there is a, a darkness which is light because it's so, to the perception, it is so weighty and dense that it's, I don't want to say that. Anyway, so Moses said here, show me your glory. <laughs> and God said, I will make all of my goodness pass before you and I'll proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And we'll end with this. <laughs> so don't worry. Just uh, want to get, so this is Exodus 34, verse 6 and 7. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord. So this is, so this is the closest thing we have. So this is the name of God right here. It's, it's like a paragraph. You, know, you, you cannot say the name of God, uh, you know, which is, I think, probably why they, they, they leave things, because you, you, you can't put it all there. Anyway, this is the closest we have. Exodus 34, verse 6, And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding. Long-suffering means he puts up with human beings instead of just striking them down the first time they but it bothers them so much but at the same time he has grace and he suffers long because of human stubbornness okay so the lord lord god merciful and gracious long suffering abounding in goodness and truth keeping mercy for thousands forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin and by no means clearing the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third, fourth generation. Okay, so this is the closest thing we have. Merciful, gracious, long-suffering. So all of the attributes of God he cannot be... So he just says, I am. And then he gives us that narrow pathway whereby we can walk with him. It's Jesus. He is the way. <laughs> He's the truth. He's the life. Through forgiveness we enter in. We begin hearing the Spirit. This is the way walk in it. We give place, and He starts leading, guiding, and the fruit of the Spirit begins coming through. And um, it's but it's by virtue of who we are in Him, who He's made us to be. He He has qualified us. He's equipped us to walk by Him, with Him, and then. Uh, Hi, my name is Paul Warren Gray with Life Mission. If you'd like more audio and video teachings like this one, please visit our website at www.lifemission.org.za. That's www.lifemission.org.za. 
And if you are in the Johannesburg area in South Africa, we hope you'll drop in so we can meet you in person. Details are on the website.